We saw when we were at your restaurant, we saw a lot of pictures on the wall of like celebrities like Barack Obama was at your restaurant. Secret Service came in like three hours before him, was scoping out the place. I literally, my heart was racing while I was cooking for him because I had yeah. about four security guards just looking at me in the kitchen. Watching you cook? Yeah, man. I'm like, I'm not going to poison the president, man. Chill out. <laughs> It's your boy DJ Omowski. I'm chilling here with Wally and Tony Mass. We have a very special guest, one of the best chefs in the world. He's got a restaurant in New York City. Very good. We've been there. It's amazing. It's Anthony Vitolo. What's up, Anthony? What's up, brother? How you doing? Oh, what's up, man? Good. How are you, man? Good. Hanging in there, man. This freaking uh, this time's crazy right now. But <laughs> I know. There, you know. Is the restaurant open right now? Or are you guys like doing? Like well, we're doing we're doing takeout, but it's the city, so it's like people aren't hopping on the subway. People aren't going in Uber. So right now, we're really not doing any business um but you know it is what it is at least we're all safe you know yeah, it's a, it's a, the right perspective but it it, it sucks oh it definitely sucks man. Yeah. <laughs> once this shit's lifted i have like restaurants on deck for like the yeah, next man. three I'm, weeks just gonna hit everyone up and by the way dude we, we we actually went out we went there to eat I, I don't you weren't there but we went there to eat what like two, two months, months ago? ago two months and ago yeah holy shit man like by far the best of time i've ever had in my life what was yeah. your guys' favorite dish? I don't even know what it was called. We got some pork dish that, I don't know. Oh, I, that's yeah. my special, the, the double cup pork chop with vinegar peppers. Yeah, Exactly, yeah, the peppers. Oh, my, dude, that sauce, so I wanted good. to just, like, swim in that. I went pretty basic. I went chicken parm because you can't yeah, go wrong with that. Makes the parm. But then we got those um those penny alavaca egg rolls. Oh, so I put that on special. You guys Holy shit, that. dude. That usually Holy sells shit. out quickly, you know, like one day. I post it and then it literally just sells out that night. And now I know why, because it literally, I orgasmed at the table. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. I, I wouldn't have thought, like, I love pork, pork chops. I would never have thought that, um, like, my taste buds would ever experience, like, like, a hint of spicy with the pork chops. It was, like, the best combination ever. Yeah, man, it works out good. Yeah, how did you come up with that? Uh, it's just all from experience, you know. I've been yeah. in the restaurant business. My father's had it uh, before I was even born. Um, so we've been actually, uh, Bilotto's has been there since 1956. Yeah. Owner, John Bilotto, sold it to my dad in the 70s. And my okay. father started off, um, he came from Italy, really poor, um, didn't own a pair of shoes, nothing. Um, so he would be sweeping floors for um, this bakery out in Astoria. And just by, you know, working hard, working hard, he actually linked up with uh, the owner of Ferrara's. Alfred Bapori, and then he became the head baker at Ferrara's first, saved up a little money, and actually bought out the guy, John Bellotto. And he bought Bellotto's because John Bellotto was, you know, an old school Italian like my father. Yeah. He was older, he wanted to retire, and he wanted to keep the establishment going. So that's why it's Emilio's Bellotto. My father's Emilio. Right. Bellotto is John Bellotto, the original owner from Bellotto's okay. 1956. So wow. everyone, everyone like confuses. Bellotto, they're like, oh, is that your last name? Is that your last name? Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not my last name. It's just, it's just the previous owner. That was the deal, you know, to keep the legacy going. Yeah. Of an old school Italian joint. How did your dad get into, like, uh, cooking? Was he always around, like, uh, cooking? or did Oh, he so my dad comes from 10 brothers and sisters. Wow. 
And uh, he was one of the youngest and they were really poor in Italy. So every meal wasn't guaranteed. So yeah. he, his job was while his family, his older siblings were searching the field for tomatoes. Once they would bring that, you know, the ingredients back, if they found ingredients that day, um, he would be in the kitchen with his mother. So my grandma was a bomb chef. Like she really old school, you know, simple ingredients. And she just made good food. And my father always had a passion for that. And uh, he just brought it to New York, you know, when he came from Italy. And so he learned from your grandmother in Italy. And then he came over. Was he an adult or was he a young kid when he came over? He, Do you remember? He, he's been, uh, well, he came here when he was nine years old. Okay. Okay. Nine or maybe seven, seven to nine. I'm not the exact year, but he was, he was young, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then obviously you got involved and you kind of, you know, you went under dad's wing and you've been crushing it yourself growing up. I'm sure obviously you had strong food and culinary influences. When did you decide that, you know, I want to be like dad? Well, so me and my father, like the whole time, the only time I spent time with my father was at the restaurant yeah. because, you know, once you start a restaurant from the ground up, man, it's, it's really hard work. It's a long hour. So he was there seven days a week from open to close. Um, I actually grew up in the city. Uh, around the corner from the restaurant on Spring Street. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a really amazing neighborhood. Like, we're right in Little Italy. Like, it's something special. Like, you see, you still see the same people that yeah. I grew up with. You know, no one left. All the old school Italians are still in the same building. Yeah. Their grandkids Shit. are still in the same building. And it, it just keeps, it's like a never-ending circle. So, uh, I saw him in the restaurant. So, my bus stop was across the street. So, anytime I would come out of school, I would get dropped off right across the street from the restaurant. He'd pick me up at my bus stop. And I'd go right into the restaurant with him. I'd do whatever I can, cut vegetables, you know, just watch him cook. I'd be in the kitchen watching these guys cook, taking food, you know, <laughs> eating food. Like, <laughs> it, it was just a great upbringing, you know. And I really did have a passion for it. But he always told me, you know, he made it seem like it was impossible because he was always stressed out. You know, money was always tight you know when you're first coming up and um you know building a restaurant you're building your name for yourself yeah. but he never gave up um and then i actually you know i've always loved to cook but i always wanted to do to show him that i could do something else so i went to college i, I went to Hofstra. i played football i got a scholarship for football and then i went back to the business actually i did physical therapy exercise training exercise uh science yeah so i got my degree in that and it really, I didn't really love it. Like, I like working out. I like being athletic. But it wasn't really, it wasn't my passion. No. I wasn't smiling, going to work like I do every day now. You know, cooking for other people, making making people come together through food. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, when I think of the Italian, uh, like, culture, I think of the word tradition. And especially when it's tied in with food, because a lot of my friends, aunts, uncles, you know, I'm half Irish, half Italian, and my Italian side, it's like, you know, not to sound corny, but there is something where, like, it's like food is a love language, where you're, like, to show love and appreciation is through food. That's the only love me and my, my father show us is through is food. Yeah. You know? He's not an emotional guy, you know doesn't say I love you and stuff like that. We're not like, we're not like that with each other, but I'll be like, dad, you know, I make this special. You want to check it out? Let me, let me know what it needs. And that's how we bond. So yeah. it's always, that's always been the way we bonded is through food. Yeah. Food is not just like something you scarf down. I mean, I'm sure there is times where you're just eating leftovers or something like that, but to really show like you like care for someone is through food. When, when was the first time do you think you were, you felt like you kind of either made something from scratch or you, you put some, your own spin on uh, like a, some kind of dish and your dad kind of gave you the two thumbs up and you thought, wow, I can, I can really do this. 
Yeah, well, it, you know, my dad's a hard ass. So growing up, like even when I started in the restaurant, I did dishwashing. Yeah. Cleaning fucking toilets. I was prepping yeah. the stairs. I was a bus boy. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's that's kind of cool to have like the owner. Yeah, no, he wasn't doing like, he, oh, you have the head chef <laughs> job. Like, there was none oh, of that. Yeah. That's uh, good. You know, he started from the ground up. So that's what he instilled in me at a very young age. Like if you want something, you got to work for it. Not only was he paying me shit money and I was working like 60 hours <laughs> a fucking week, but he showed, he really showed me a lot about the business. So I would say about, I've been head chef for now seven years, executive chef. Yeah. Um, I would honestly say he didn't give me the reins until like a year or two into it. So like six years ago where I started putting my spin on it, like he would show me a dish and I would, you know, make a special and I would try to make it different, you know, like the chicken parm with vodka sauce. Yeah. You know, everyone's used to the traditional chicken parm with the, you know, regular tomato sauce. I put a different spin on it. I'm like, people love vodka sauce. Why not try that? Put it on top of the chicken parm, put that mozzarella on top. And people started to love it, you know? And then once our menu, our menu is very small. I mean, you guys have been there. We have like yeah. maybe 12 to 15, 12 items on the whole, on the whole uh, menu. So now I came up with specials. Like every day I'll do one pasta special, one meat special, an appetizer special. And I put that swing on it and I, I try to bring different regions of Italy into it, you know, yeah. um, like the carbonara that I do on special or, you know, a pesto or cacio pepe. Those are all from Rome. You know, the, the carbonara and the cacio pepe, they're originally from Rome. My dad was always sticking to like what he knew, Naples, Neapolitan. Yeah. yeah. You know, old yeah. rustic food. Yeah. So when he saw that there was a market, you know, and people so liked actually, you know, different regions of Italy, not only one region of Italy, we started bringing that all into one thing and we combined and, you know, that's why the special sells so well. And uh, like you said, man, you, you started from the bottom. And I think that gains respect, for, not from just your dad, but for the people who work there and probably the, you know, surrounding restaurants and, and, and competitors. So, you know, if they know they, your story, they'll know that you kind of climbed your way from the top and you, you know, daddy didn't just, you know, give you. Oh, exactly. Just think yeah. about it, man. If, if a dishwasher quits on you mid-shift, you, wash, wash the dishes. you have to know the whole business before you get into the restaurant business, right. you know. So I started off after I did the dishwashing, I just started making fresh pasta. I would literally roll the dough out, you know, make fresh pasta from 11 o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night, literally seven days a week. So I started making fresh raviolis, you know, talatelli with uh, papadelle, like all those special pastas. And then once I learned that and I got that down to a science, then I started learning, you know, the meatball recipes. And then I started learning sauce recipes. So it's like little by little, I was trained. He did it the right way, my father. He really did. It's not so much like you even realized you were like training for it, but you were just kind of picking oh, it up along the way. And then at one point, you're like, oh, shit, I know everything. In this crazy. Because now think about it. Like uh, I had to teach all the prep guys. If I didn't if I didn't know how to do it, how would I teach someone? If I was to open another restaurant, how am I gonna teach someone if I don't even know how to do it myself? Yeah, you, right. you know. Yeah. So you really do have to do everything in the business. You can't just you know from opening up little neck clams, you got to know how to shuck a clam. Yeah, you know, there's so much, so many different aspects of the business that you have to learn before you really could be the executive chef. As an executive chef, I mean, and obviously your dad being the owner, is there any like front side of the restaurant industry that you're you weren't ready for, you know, or that you've grown accustomed to or learned? Well, the front of the restaurant, really, man, I, I, I honestly just enjoy putting out the food. You know, I'll go over to tables, check on customers, but the restaurant business, man, you got to eat a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if like... There's a lot of customers that just, you want to be like, get the fuck out. Like, 
please, like, just get the fuck out of the restaurant. Like, don't eat here anymore. Yeah. You can't. When you work in the front of the house, you got to suck that up. Yeah. Well, I'm the asshole chef in the background. We're yelling at the waiters. I don't fucking serve pasta without sauce. I don't want sauce on the fucking side. Like, what is this person doing? Yeah, but yeah. I, have to, I have to do it. They want right. their pasta extra cooked. I make all my pasta dishes al dente. Like, that's the way to eat pasta. You know? Right. And some, some people put in the note, like, overcook, like, cook it more. I'm like... <laughs> is, is there anything more than the, the overcooked pasta? Like, is there, is there a specific request you get? I guess sauce on the side is probably pretty easy, but... Yeah, the sauce on the side, but the, the, the one that really pisses me off is when pe- people ask for the overcooked pasta. They, they yeah. ask for pasta well done. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? They don't get it. I, I love that uh, when I go to a restaurant and they have not even a small menu. You guys don't have a small menu. I think you have like a power condensed menu. Yeah, and- we have like five pasta dishes, five meat dishes, and like four or five appetizers and two salads. Yeah, I can't make a decision. I need restaurants like that. Like if I go to like a yeah, you know, cheesecake factory or something, I sit there for three hours and like you can't get fresh stuff that way. Things yeah, just exactly. Well, if one item is selling a lot, right, and the other item that you have on the menu that no one usually gets, that one time that someone orders it, it's been sitting. How is that going to yeah. be fresh? Yeah, and I also read something too where if if you go to a restaurant, they have a large menu, people get overwhelmed and they never try new stuff. They always go back to yeah, their. They always go menu. back to what they. Yep. Exactly. So, so for you guys to have the, a small but amazing menu is, is it makes all the difference. I yeah. think we we went with a big group. We ordered just about everything too. That's the other good thing is you can try yeah. everything on the menu. Yeah, exactly. Did you guys try the baked clams? Did we get baked clams? I don't know. Uh, I think I think Joe made us get baked clams. I think we got baked clams. Yeah. yeah, we definitely did. Yeah. So good. Everything was so good. I, and it's like, in a way, someone in the culinary business, you're an artist. It's like, we want your greatest hits. Give us the, your best stuff. Yeah, you know? That's why so. customers are like, you know, what's the special? Like, just give me the special. I have these regular customers that just come in for the special of the day, like twice a week. Yeah. We saw when we were at your restaurant, we saw a lot of pictures on the wall of like celebrities, like Barack Obama was at your restaurant. Yeah, Can man. you talk about some special moments where you, you saw some, you know, prestigious people like that, or just, you know, artists and cool people that you kind of were starstruck by? Yeah. Well, the whole Obama thing was absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, Secret Service came in like three, three hours before him was scoping out the plays and I, I literally, my heart was racing while I was cooking for him because I had yeah. about four security guards just looking at me in the kitchen. Watching you cook? Yeah, man. So you don't poison the president, you know? <laughs> and they're like, like, what are you in there? And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to poison the president, man. Chill out. But wow, yeah, that, that was definitely uh, an awesome moment in my career when I got to cook for him. How many people can say they cooked for the president of the United States? Not too many. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, we had, there's, I'm sure you've had plenty of other celebrities and stuff there. But I don't think anything's going to top, you know, the, the president, president yeah. especially yeah. it being Obama of all, you know, that's just it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. no, this, we have a big, uh, you know, all musicians, you know, um, everyone comes in, like Bieber's come in. Um, yeah. see a bunch of athletes come in. Yeah, a bunch of athletes come yeah. in. Like A-Rod's been in, Leonardo DiCaprio's been in. Yeah. Um, and the list just keeps going and going, man. It's just uh, Lenny Kravitz actually bought us our first awning. Um, he liked the restaurant so much, so he literally bought us the Bellatos, uh, the original Bellatos awning. Wow. wow, that's awesome. Was there ever? I mean, besides the president, was there ever a moment you were like starstruck? You're like, holy shit! Um, um, it's like surreal that this person's in front of me and I'm cooking for this person. Um, I kind of got used to it. Like when when I first started, Leo used to be a regular. But when he first came and I was like, oh, shit, that's Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. And like, but as you get accustomed to it, it's literally like three, four times a week where someone 
famous comes in. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of just like a regular day in the office for me now. But they're all just regular people, man. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, they're, they're coming to your house. It's like when they're coming to see, like, a basketball player, you know, like, that's, exactly. that's your turf. So That's what my father always says. He's like, they're coming to see us. We're the famous. Like, right. They're coming <laughs> <for food. laughs> and to that point, man, like, I've read, like, because I'm, I'm a big foodie. I'm always reading, like, articles, like, best spot to go to New York City. And, like, almost every article I've read as far as, like, best Italian to get in New York City is Bilotto's always comes up. It's always yeah. on the list. Always yeah. on the list, regardless. So, like, it, it must mean something special to you and your father. Like, your father literally built that from the ground up, and now you're known as one of one of the best Italian restaurants in all of New York City. One yeah, of the crazy, man. And when you're the best in New York City, you're the best in the world because New York City is the most competitive place, or at least one of the top most competitive places to have For a restaurant. restaurant. Just think about how many restaurants are on one block in the city. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think they say it's like, no. At least, I don't know, almost 50% in their first year in Manhattan go they under. Fail. They fail. So yep. to be the best is really speaking towards, I mean, not just the food, but everything else you guys, the environment there is just like, it's like it's stepping almost into cool. like, uh, back in time. Yeah, it know? puts you back in time in there. Just the way the walls look, the pictures. I don't know. It's yeah. like a very awesome the vibe. Waiters. All our waiters have been with us for 20 plus years. That comes down to the, you know, what we talked about, like tradition. It's like, you know, those are the values that kind of make the, the ambiance and experience like A+. plus. Um, but Anthony, I wanted to talk about, cause I know you've hopped on a couple of shows on food network. So I wanted okay. to talk about that too. Uh, but first I want to talk about something, you know, we, we talked about, like, we keep kind of pushing on tradition. How much does the recipe, not the actual recipe, but you know, how much of you are maintaining the traditional side of food and how much of you, uh, wants to be innovative, uh, with the food. So what's that balance like for you? Yeah. So you need like a middle ground. You can't yeah. go, you can't do too much, especially with Italian food, because Italian food is meant to be simple. Yeah. Meant to be, you know, few ingredients, you know, and it's just meant to be simple. It's not meant to be, you know, overly powerful or, you know, diff too many ingredients inside the dishes. I think when restaurants try and do that, mm -hmm. it ruins the traditional Italian, you know? So yeah. we're all about the best ingredients you know, create the best product. So all of our tomatoes are imported from Italy, San Marzano. Yeah. We have, you know, the best olive oil, you know, the best cheeses. And that's what creates the best product. Yes, I change, you know, certain dishes from, you know, different regions. But that's about it. I don't really, like the eggplant Parmesan roll. Yeah. You know, that, that's mm -hmm. something different that I, I put um, my, my little uh, taste on. But literally, we, that's, our, that's our business model, man. Just simple, traditional Italian food where, yeah. you know, you eat with your grandmother on Sunday. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about Food Network because um, you, I, I think I saw a couple of clips and you were doing a couple of different shows. Can you talk about that, what you've done for Food Network? Uh, yeah, so I did, uh, I've competed on Guys Grocery Games. Yeah, that's the one I saw. Yeah, so that, that show was crazy. It's like you have three minutes to... Shop. Yeah, run, run around the aisles. Yeah. Like, it's like cooking supermarket in the middle. Sweep. Yeah, yeah man, supermarket sweep with cooking. Yeah. It's real. It's not, you know, it's not a stage show. It's literally real. They literally just put you in the supermarket and you go shopping. You have to create this dish, whatever they tell you, you know, it's a game. You got to play the game. And that was a great experience. Um, but I think the greatest experience was doing, um, I cooked at Anthony Bourdain's um, tribute mm, uh, geez, when he passed away. 
we were, I was on this show. Um, what do you call that show? Uh, unknown Parts? Parts Unknown? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unknown. Parts Unknown, yeah. yeah so, uh, Bilados was featured on that. Him and uh, Blondie were eating at the restaurant, talking about the old neighborhood and how this, our restaurant brings them back in time. And actually, two weeks after that filmed, he, you know, he Passed. died. That's the way. Um, Damn. So they asked me to do, um, they asked me to cook at the food festival for his, you know, passing. So yeah. that, that was honestly a, one of the best things that I've done. I think. Yeah. Meeting chefs, like, I mean, to me, just as a fan of people that cook, I mean, obviously Guy Fieri is fun and cool, but like Anthony Bourdain is just like, yeah. always was just so captivating, just the way he looked at food and like um really like culture that goes into food so like meeting him and dealing with him was that like uh yeah he was awesome man and then i also did in the mind of a chef with him as well his show in the mind of a chef it was on netflix i don't know if you guys okay i don't think i've seen that one but definitely would check it out but yeah. yeah that was a good one um i did andrew zimmern's uh delicious destinations made my spaghetti and meatballs there that's the weird yeah. food guys i just thought he ate bugs i don't know he ate real food <laughs> no nah, he actually ate <laughs> So yeah, all those experiences were pretty crazy, man. Have you been to different uh, countries, continents to kind of learn their yeah, culture and stuff? Exactly. So um, I've been to Rome, Naples. I've done basically all of Italy. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been to. That's awesome. I've learned, you know, from different people there, you know, different, ate at different restaurants, learned from different chefs. And even uh, all like my, like I said, I get all stuff imported from Italy. So all these guys are actually straight off the boat from Italy. Wow. So they know what Italian food is supposed to taste like, you right. know, yeah. and they love it. So we have to be doing something right. You know? I know there's so many different amazing chefs, but when you see, you know, there's probably two that are like household names that come to mind quickly. I wanted to kind of get your perspective on who you would, you know, rather cook with, uh, whether it's Bobby Flay or Gordon Ramsay. Ooh. I have to, I have to go with uh, Bobby Flay. I think I just like the way he um, he does that show, Be Bobby Flay, and he puts yeah. himself under pressure like that. You know, with some of the best chefs in the world. So it just shows that his knowledge of food and the way he executes, and he seems like a good dude. Gordon Ramsay's like, you know, he's had Hell's Kitchen. He's kind of known for throwing things at the wall if things weren't good. Have you heard that's you know a normal thing? Well, chefs do. Chefs are under. A, intense amount of pressure constantly during the dinner rush oh yes i have my moments where i go fucking bullshit. <laughs> trust me you don't want to be in the kitchen here no. yeah. yeah it so it happens but th this is literally if someone tastes something bad in your restaurant they're never coming back right you literally have to be on top of these guys because it's very hard to find workers that care as much about the food that goes out than you do Right. So they, they, you have to be on top of these guys. You really do, and you have to treat them right. So it's got to be a good balance. You know, you got to be a cool boss. You can't be too much of an asshole. Yeah. Because behind their back, they'll do shady shit behind you because they don't right. care. You know, so you treat them like family, but you're you're stern with them. If they do something wrong, you tell them like, listen, like you don't humiliate you humiliate them. Yeah. But you tell them, listen, this is the way it's supposed to be done. I'm gonna tell you once. If it happens again, you know, we're gonna have a problem. Do you yeah. think I like? might be a weird transition but do you think like your uh your experience playing football all the way to the level of playing at Hofstra like that's kind of like coaching in a sense where like you have that sort of bond with you, the the kitchen is your pseudo locker room or like you yeah, guys kind of like, it's like held up together and like you you can yell at each other but at the end it's all love like you kind of yep. have to have the it same is. goal it really is it's, it's it's exactly the same and literally cooking on the line when you have the 30 40 tickets at once <laughs> It's like competing again. You got to get these orders out in a certain amount of time 
So people aren't complaining, oh, where the fuck's my food, you know? Right. And then at the end of it, though, when you clear it, there's like really no. Oh, no- it's great. It's great. Have a nice cold beer after the dinner rush. <laughs> is the best thing fucking ever. You know, working in the restaurant business, it's a grind. You're right. You're doing a lot of hours and it's a, it's a huge time commitment. There's a lot of aspects of the restaurant business that people might not realize that it's not just, you're not just cooking, right? You need to know every aspect. How much of it were you surprised, like social media? Is it, is it a big role in, in building a brand? Yeah. So since I've been there the last, what did I say, like seven, eight years, been yeah. the executive chef, mm-hmm. since posting all my dishes, the restaurant started booming because a lot of people want to see what they eat, you know? Right. Everyone wants, everyone's on Instagram saying, oh, I want to order this. Like, if you guys just check my profile, see how many comments I have on a special that day and people are like oh my god i need this oh my god i want this you know people go crazy for food porn as you call it right yeah people go nuts um so that's really a big aspect of growing a business in this time you know because everything's digital now man and my father is so old school he doesn't own a cell phone he doesn't drive right Wow. He didn't even want to do business cards before I was coming in. You know, it was just word of mouth. Yeah. So is your is your dad is your dad the guy chilling in the front of the restaurant? The big fat Italian <laughs> bull guy. Sitting on sitting on the stool. <laughs> looks he, like Tony Soprano. Yeah, dude, he looks like a legit soprano just chilling like eyeballing on the He's like, all right. That's his home, man, you know. He built it, so he never leaves. He's there from open to close seven days a week. I love it. You know, but he's just sitting down chilling, you know, hanging out, drinking his espresso. That's his awesome. friends come in, I make them a nice plate of pasta, they eat, they talk. That's his home, you know? You can't take it away from him, you know? He loves yeah. it, so. Anthony, I wanted to show you an image. Tony and Wally don't say anything. I'm Anthony, I'm going to show you this. I want to know how you pronounce this. <laughs> oh, shit. Hold on, how do I make you big? Uh, go to top right, and then it should say, like, gallery or something like that. Oh, God, Calamar. <laughs> 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 calamari they accentuate the eye calamari yeah yeah you know you throw people out when they ask for calamari oh <laughs> no take a walk <laughs> it's just the way people say it it's like a different i'm from new york originally so that's that's that like new york accent yeah i saw a video and it was like new yorkers versus italians saying certain words that get not lost in translation but we put our own spin on it yeah and like anything with a c we we say it like a g so I was just curious on the way you said it. That's, that's yeah. I, I, that's what, I was half scared to say calamari. I was gonna get kicked out of your restaurant. <laughs> I, think, I think I think the, one of the waiters like just grilled me. He almost kicked me out when I said calamari. <laughs> I respect that though. You gotta yeah. Never never put never put cheese on any seafood oh, on, on fish, huh? Or my dad will kick you out. Yeah, I, I put parm on everything though, even on. Yeah. <laughs> so like I can't, I can't help it. Like sprinkling uh, Parmesan cheese on top. My dad's like, "What the fuck are you doing, you <laughs> fish?" Speaking of seafood, because I know like the Mediterranean style is a big influence in Italy because it is a Mediterranean country. How do you? Because I know nothing about wine, and wine's big in, in Italian culture too. What do you pair white wine and red wine with? I know this is probably basic, but I have no well, idea. Like like you said, uh, you pair white wine with seafood. Okay. You know, and more red sauce, red sauce, you want that red wine. Gotcha. You know, the acid from the red sauce compares well with the, with the grapes, you know, that are built into red wine. Gotcha. Okay. You've uh, put out some classes for people who are interested in learning how to make different things, which is really cool. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Can you tell us about yeah, that? Man. So I'm trying to get people in the kitchen. I know everyone's going through a tough time right now. People are running out of things to do. So um, I've, I've, been, uh, I've also been posting recipes on my Instagram 
Yeah, I've seen that. And, that you know, weird. following, a, you know, I don't really call it a recipe. It's more of like a, a method of cooking because I don't follow recipes. I right. taste, I see what it needs. You know, I'll tell you, you need carrots, celery, but I won't tell you how many. I don't know. I eyeball everything, you know, and you just keep tasting and you got to train your palate. You know, if you really want to start cooking, you have to train your palate. If you're following, you know, a step-by-step recipe of it needs two tablespoons of this, how are you going to remember that? Yeah. You know, I'm trying to teach people to taste, try, you know, and experience cooking. Yeah. Uh, I'm also doing um, one-on-one cooking classes because there's a lot of people, you know, contacting me, asking me, you know, I know the restaurant's closed. You were supposed to go there for my husband's birthday. Mm. Um, I want to surprise him with a cooking lesson. Do you do that? And I just started doing it and it's actually working out fantastic. You know, people are, people are interested, you know, they want to cook side by side with me. So I show people what to do and uh, I try to teach them. That's That's awesome. If someone was interested and wanted to, wanted to kind of get those classes, what did they just DM you on Instagram or is, uh, yeah. So they could DM me on uh, Instagram or they can, uh, email me chef Anthony NYC at gmail.com. Um, they could just email me and, um, we'll figure it out. I'll see, you know, we'll plan it out. I'll give them the ingredient list. They go pick up the ingredients that they need. Um, and then we schedule a time and we just cook along beside each other. All the recipes you have been putting out, you've been reposting a lot of people's creations. Yeah, man. And it's, it's, it's made your story yeah. like this, just like, you know, a few minutes of just like, you know, for me, food porn, just like of all these different like varieties of your, your meals. And it's cool. Cause it's not, like you said, it's not measured. So everything is a little different. Has exactly. You see stuff, what people so. put out, you know, and it's getting people in the kitchen, man. And it's honestly, you know, food is love for me, at least. So that's yeah. how I'm spreading my love to, you know, the rest of the world. People from Japan contacting me saying they made, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Worldwide cooking my food and it's, you know, it makes me feel good about what I'm doing. Yeah, we definitely need that. We need that type of love right now with everything going on. Not only we're just losing our minds, but it's just a stressful time. So it's a cool thing to do during uh, this period of being alone and and just kind of being isolated. But uh, the funny you say that about tasting food is how you kind of learn how to make and put your own spin on food because – you know, I go back to Gordon Ramsay. I know he's like a typical uh, chef to talk about, but he's just entertaining to watch. But he, when he goes through his training process, I think in Hell's Kitchen and just in general, if you're working at his restaurant, I don't even think he, they, they cook for the first week. He just has them try and, and kind of like uh, sharpen their palate for like a first yeah, week. Yeah, you really do, man. Because if you don't taste, how are you supposed to know what it's supposed to be? If right. you're following a recipe, you don't know if you added too much salt or, you know, this ingredient's wrong. You, if you don't know the taste of different ingredients, you're never going to learn. Yeah. So you just have to literally throw yourself in there and see what works and see what doesn't. It's yeah. always a lesson. It's never a mistake in the kitchen. Sure. Always yeah. a lesson. Anthony, I'm sure, I'm sure you've been cooking your ass off during quarantine. So um, what's your favorite dish you've made so far? Uh, I like the eggplant parm that I made. I don't know if you okay. guys followed that on my story. Yeah, so a layered one, right? Yeah, yeah. man. So I make it's, – it's really time-consuming, but – the end product is you in put it. bechamel is that how you yeah, bechamel. so i never so seen that, you, put that first, you add milk it's like nice cream sauce and you put it okay. in between layers and wow. i did with meat sauce because i love meat i love meat sauce so okay. instead of putting tomato sauce in the in the layers i did meat sauce and then i tried something different God, so it was almost like lasagna but instead of noodles but with eggplant exactly that's insane that's awesome anthony i got two more questions for you before we go if you could dead or alive if you could speak to someone for five minutes that's not just in the culinary world it could be anyone uh that's inspired you who would you talk to for five minutes if you had the chance Ooh, that's a hard one man i would have to say massimo Batturo. he's an italian chef michelin star he's always 
one of the best chefs in the world. Yeah. Um, just the, his knowledge in the kitchen's unbelievable. I would love to pick his brain. About Michelin stars. I know this is probably, we could go on for like 20 minutes on this, but there's like, what, what, when I see that, obviously I know it's like a prestigious restaurant, but what are the qualifications to earn a Michelin star? You got to have like, dude, it's, it's, it's too much. And it's so, it's like stuffy, right? Like it's, it's very like a, different ingredients, you know, all about presentation, you know, different. It's more about the presentation and the, the ingredients that pair well together. So it. it's like different tastings, you know, it's little portions. Right. Um, and it costs you like, thousand dollars <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you to star restaurant you're not getting out of there without like a thousand dollar bill bro i, I feel like that's such an oxymoron with italian food i feel like italian food has to be like in large party yeah man you want yeah. sauce you want meatballs right yeah, yeah. you don't want like, a little thing this big and call it a meatball put some <laughs> yeah. sauce and a little cheese on it and... yeah kind of loses its like hominess and comfort yeah, it's not authentic you know yeah, yeah. exactly not, not no, i, I want to feel the way i feel left leaving your restaurant which was like I wasn't off. Oh. I was like, insanely full, like kind of sick, but like not mad about it. I was ready. I was ready to after I ate at the restaurant. I was ready to throw up and then eat my. Throw up. That's how amazing the food. Just was. to be clear, Tony says sick because he overate probably times four. Not. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't definitely want to put a claimer on that. Anthony, uh, we ask this question to everyone who's on our podcast. It's important to us because. You know, as we get to know you as a person and people who you might not even know look up to you that, uh, you know, want to either follow in your footsteps or just kind of know a little bit more about you. But we talk about legacy a lot in this podcast. Uh, okay. You know, when it's all said and done and you've retired or you're looking back at your, your time as a culinary expert, when people think back at AV and they say, you know, you know they've been to your restaurant for so many years and you put your mark on the culinary world, what, would, what, would they, what are they going to say about you? as a person well just that you know put your love into what you do man you know and always always do whatever you're doing with passion and love and never give up you know if you really want to do something go for it yeah. you know if you want you can always learn to do something if your heart's in it so awesome. just always keep pushing through and always always just do what you love man, and don't give up on life Awesome, man. Thank you so much for jumping on and talking to us. We're excited to see that your, your recipes and that you're doing classes because it's important and people are probably excited, especially during this time. And uh, next time the world is in a safe place, we're definitely going to come and, and say yeah, hello to you. And eat some yeah, more. man, I can't wait. I can't wait to feed all my customers, man. Yes. Yeah. Literally, yeah, I'm be, they can't wait either. We're, we're drooling. <laughs> at the as, as one of them, we, we definitely can't <laughs> <laughs> if people want to follow you, what's uh, the best way to uh, contact? Well, I guess just uh, keep in touch with you via social so media. Uh, Chef Anthony underscore Bellatos NYC. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, man. It's the warm up podcast. Peace, man. Right, peace, man. Peace. Bye -bye.